Holy Spirit, ask that you would please open the words of Scripture to us now to heal us and make us whole and make us strong. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. want to welcome those of you in the narthex. also want to say hello to those of you watching on podcast or in the community center. Great to have you with us. I uh, recently read a story about two guys who showed up in heaven, and the first one was a New York City cab driver, and St. Peter said to him, Here's a gold staff and a silk robe. Come on in. The next guy was a pastor, and Peter looked at him and said, Oh, it's you. Here's a wood staff and a cotton robe. You can come in. The pastor said, What's up? The cab driver got a better deal. And Peter said, Well, up here we work by results. When you preached, people slept. When he drove cab, people prayed. <laughs> Good. I thought it was funny, too. Do you ever feel like your life is a New York City cab ride just filled with all kinds of fears? We're doing a sermon series based on questions you all have asked, and today's question goes like this. Does having fear mean that you don't have any faith? Well, that's a good question. Because I think all of us have to deal with fear in one way or another, whether it's fears right now about the economy, our jobs, our ability to retire, or fears about our health, our marriages fear of failure, fears for our kids, fears of our kids. We all face fears. And fear isn't necessarily a sin. It's a normal human emotion, but it's what we do with it that matters. And some fear can even be useful because it helps us to avoid dangerous things. A couple months ago, there was a newspaper article about a guy in Portland who had to be rushed to the hospital because he put a rattlesnake in his mouth to impress his friends. And he got bit. And after he recovered, he told reporters, yeah, mostly it was my own stupid fault. Mostly? <laughs> How about all your stupid fault? Uh, I mean, that guy could have used a little bit more fear. Probably would have helped him out. Some fear can help us avoid dangerous things. But the vast majority of fears that you and I deal with on a daily basis are not helpful. They're destructive for a couple of reasons. For one thing, fear paralyzes. It can keep us from taking risks in our business or in life that, that can pay off. It can keep us from doing the things that God asks us to do because we're afraid to do it. It can keep us from entering into relationships for fear of getting hurt. Fear paralyzes. The other thing that fear does is fear lies. It almost always lies. Fear is an acronym for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. So for instance, I know a man who's very fearful about what other people think of him. And I remember one time someone said to him, this is true, hey, I like your haircut. And he actually got mad and he said, what was wrong with the old one? I like, That's his fear lying to him, saying you've just been insulted, this guy thinks you don't look right or whatever, right? That's his fear lying to him. Ever, had so ever say something to someone and have them lash out at you, you know, and, you, and, and take it the wrong way and you didn't mean it? That's their fear lying to them. I know a woman who is so terrified that she's going to get fired that if her boss makes even the slightest critique of her work, she's just sure that that's evidence of her impending termination. Even though he has no intention of firing her. That's her fear. Lying to her. I read an article not too long ago about a, in the newspaper about a woman in Arkansas who was sitting in the parking lot and she heard this loud bang and felt kind of this sharp pain on the back of her head. And it was one of those Pillsbury dough canisters that had exploded from the heat and sent dough on the back of her head, only she didn't know that. 
So she started screaming with her hands behind her head, and someone asked her, are you all right? And she said, no, I've been shot in the head, and I'm holding my brains in. <laughs> False evidence appearing real. Fear lies. Fear paralyzes. Fear lies. It makes us anxious and worried. It eats us up inside. Fear ruins our lives. So how do we get rid of it? Well, there's only one real way. There's only one real way to get rid of all of your fears. And it's not whomping up a bunch of courage on your own. The only way to get rid of fear is to experience God's love for you. Our scripture today says perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And what that scripture is getting at is that at the base of all of our fears, way down at the bottom of every single fear we have, is the mother of all lies. The lie that the devil has been telling us since the Garden of Eden, and that is you can't trust God. He is mad at you and out to punish you. Or he doesn't exist. Or if he exists, he doesn't care about you at all. And here's where the question we started with is relevant. Does having fear mean you don't have faith? In a way, yes. Because the opposite of faith is not doubt. Doubt's a part of faith. The opposite of faith is fear. Because at the root, fear is not trusting that God's got your back. Think about our fears of the economy right now. At the bottom of that fear, way down at the bottom, is the fear that God will not be there, will not provide for us. Our fear of death is not really believing God's promise that he will raise us to new life in a new body that will never die again. At the bottom of all of our fears is the lie of the devil, you can't trust God. Because if we really believe that not even death can stop us because we're going to live forever, then you wouldn't be afraid about anything, would you? If we really believed that, we'd have nothing to fear. So the only thing that will cure our fears is to experience God's love for us in a way that is undeniable. And I know that sounds kind of strange, you know, that how can love conquer fear? We think that what's going to conquer fear is something that will make us powerful. You know, control, power, weapons. And we think of love as this kind of soft, gentle thing that can't really do too much. But that's not God's love. God's love created a trillion stars that burn with the intensity of millions of atomic bombs per second. That's a lot of power. And his love conquers fear. If you just think about it, even physically, fear and love cannot coexist in your body at the same time. They're contradictory emotions. Fear generates all kinds of anxiety and worry and all that. Love kind of makes you feel secure and confident. Love conquers fear. At uh, Stanford, some biologists did an experiment where they put a, a, a loud machine with lots of blinking lights inside a cage to frighten baby monkeys. That's how we had fun at Stanford. And the monkeys, they'd run to their mothers, but once they were with her, they'd start to lash out and threaten the machine. In other words, their mother's love made them brave. God says that we can call him father. And when we experience his intense love for us, it drives our fears away. So how do we experience his love? In a way that it does drive our fear away. Let me give you three things you could try this week. First, claim God's promises in scripture. Two in particular. Fear not, for I am with you. He makes that promise dozens of times all over the Bible. Fear not. For I am with you. And the second promise is, even when the worst happens, God uses all things for good. Yes, you may lose your job in this economy. Of course, you might not either. And in the meantime, the worry you do now is just rent your pan on a problem you may never have. But even if you do, God will provide for your basic needs. You will not starve. And somehow, some way, someday, he'll use it for good. 
Maybe you'll feel his presence in a way you never have before. Maybe you'll see your friends step up in a way you didn't know how much they loved you. Maybe he'll use it to guide you to a better job. It'll be hard, but he'll use it for good. Even when the worst happens, God says, I'm with you. I'll use it for good. You will not fall. I'll catch you. Okay, I'm not a Huskies receiver. I'll catch you. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a Husky. Just a little, you know, just a little. I always get an email when I do that. So, <laughs> send it on. Second way to experience God's love in a way that drives out fear is to act on God's promises. Because we don't know that his promises are real until we act on them. It's, all, it's that way all throughout Scripture. David doesn't know that God's promise to kill the giant Goliath is real until David tries it. Act on God's promise that he's always with you and that he'll use even rotten things for good. Act as though it were true and see that it is. That might mean saying something like, I don't know if I'm going to be laid, or not, laid off or not. But in the meantime, I'm going to be the best employee I can and treat money the way God says to treat it. Give 10%, save 10%, live on the rest, and I refuse to live in fear. Yes, I may step out and do something God asked me to do, and it may be hard, but he says he'll bless me if I do it, so I'm going to do it. Yes, I may get into a relationship, and it may be difficult for me. Something may go wrong, but I'm not going to avoid him out of fear, because God says he'll be there and he'll use it. I'm going to act on God's promises and see that they're true. When I did college ministry, every year we'd take a bunch of students rock climbing, and at the beginning, the guides would always give us a little talk to reassure us. They'd talk about how thick the ropes were, and they'd point out the, the anchors that they had preset in the rocks that not even a nuclear blast could dislodge, and, you know, all this stuff, all the backups they had. But there always came that moment when you had to repel. And for those of you who don't know what repelling is, it's when you jump off backwards off of a cliff, and you kind of bounce off the side all the way down to the bottom. Well, when you're ready to jump, you, you clip yourself in and you give the signal by saying, on belay. Pastor John Ortberg jokes that belay is a French word meaning, I've lost my mind. <laughs> and I remember the first time I did it, it was kind of scary. And I remember sitting there praying something like, oh, Lord, please just don't let me wet my pants. It'd be embarrassing in front of the students. <laughs> and then I jumped and discovered that the ropes held, and it was so much fun. It was so, and I loved it. Now, I could have heard that safety lecture a thousand times, but the only way I was really going to know that the ropes would hold is if I did what? Jumped. And the more I jumped, the more I realized that the ropes were true and I could trust them, and the more fun I had. So this week, how can you act on one of God's promises and see that over time it is true and he's there for you? Claim his promises, act on him, but the most important way to experience God's love, in a way that drives out our fear, the most important way is to connect to him directly in prayer daily. You know, and I know I say this so often, it sounds cliche, but really, guys, experiencing God's love is the cure for everything. It really is. And experiencing it directly is the only thing that's going to drive our fears away. And I know that for many of us, this is difficult. You know, we try to pray and nothing seems to happen. Our minds wander. God seems silent. I understand that because for, there have been long stretches in my spiritual journey where God has seemed completely silent and I didn't experience his presence at all, sometimes for years. But I would encourage you to keep asking over and over, God, help me experience your love in a way that I don't just know it in my head, but I feel it in my heart. I find it very helpful to picture Jesus sitting next to me. 
And as I've told you before, sometimes I just picture a hand in my problems with Jesus and saying, what do you want to do with them, Lord? They're yours. And as I've done that day in, day out for years, I've gradually begun to hear God's voice more and more and recognize it more and more, and I've begun to feel his love more and more, sometimes even physically. It's this intense heat that starts literally in my heart, and I can feel it spreading out, and as it does, it literally pushes fear and worry and sadness away. You see, Jesus promises, Jesus promises us that we can have an intimate relationship with the living God. And God's love for you burns with the intensity of a thousand suns. And when you experience that, fear cannot withstand the heat of his love for you. It has no chance in the presence of God's love. My Father in heaven who holds the universe in his hand loves me, so what do I have to fear? Criticism? My Father loves me. What do I care what other people think? Death, so what? I'm just going to live forever with Jesus. Unemployment, he'll provide somehow. He'll use it for good. I am my father's son. I am my father's daughter. Whom then shall I fear? Today is Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week, when we remember just how much our God loved us, that he was willing to go to the cross to reconcile you and me to himself. That's how much he loved us. As our scripture today says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his son that we might live through him. One very practical thing you could do this week is to come to every Holy Week service, Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday, and as you go through those services, say over and over again, he did that for me because he loves me. And if he did that, what do I have to fear? There's a man named Reynolds Price who was a professor at Duke, found out that he had a tumor wrapped around his spine. And the doctor said that surgery could slow it up, but they wouldn't cure it. And he had about 18 months to live. Well, he hadn't paid very much attention to God, but he started to read the Bible and pray. And to be honest, it didn't do much good, at least at first. But he kept asking. Then one day when he was praying, he got this picture in his mind of, of himself standing at the ocean. And Jesus was there, scooping in this picture in his head, scooping up handfuls of water and pouring them on his back where the scars were from the surgeries. And Jesus said to him, your sins are forgiven. And then Jesus walked away, and Price said, it's not my sins I'm worried about, it's my back. Am I also cured? And Jesus turned around and said, oh yeah, that too. And then the vision disappeared. And he felt intensely loved, more love than he'd ever felt in his life, that the God of the universe would take time to speak to him directly. And he knew that whatever happened, Jesus was going to be with him. And even if he died, Jesus would give him a new body, and he'd live with him forever. And he could physically feel God's love inside of him pushing all that fear away. And his, his cancer eventually did disappear through treatment, and he didn't die. But as a result of the cancer, he will have to be in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. But even so, this is what he writes. He says, I am filled with gratitude for the experience. The vision erased any superstitious feelings that my sickness came as punishment, and I felt love, more love than I ever have, and I knew that whatever happened, I was safe. God's perfect love drove out fear, even though everything didn't end perfectly. He had no fear because God's love was there. So what are your fears these days? Don't deny them. Don't try to wump up a bunch of courage on your own. Instead, claim God's promises and act on them and see that they're real. And ask God to overwhelm you with his love for you and ask over and over and keep on asking. 
because his love cures everything. His love made the blind man see, the lame man walk, and one day his love will cure our bodies and cure this world, and we will live with him forever. His love cures everything. It's the universal donor. It cures everything, including your fear. On Tuesday, I was praying, and I, and I got a sense of Jesus sitting very close to me, and I could feel how much he loved me. And then as I went on in prayer, I kind of got this picture in my head of these two fierce eyes staring at me out of the darkness. And then the eyes in this, in this picture I had in my head, the eyes kind of started coming forward out of the darkness, and I could see that the eyes belonged to a lion. And then the lion's face began to kind of morph, and it morphed into Jesus' face. And his eyes were just fierce and strong and a little bit scary. So I had loving Jesus beside me, and I had lion Jesus in front of me staring at me at the same time. And I said, so Jesus, what's with the stereo Jesus here? And I, in my head, I kind of heard him say, I'm both. I'm both loving and strong. And I thought, yeah, that's true. You're both incredibly loving and gentle and humble and incredibly strong at the same time. And that was comforting. And I thought, hey, I could use this in the sermon. And Jesus said, that's the point. I love you more than you can imagine. And my love is strong. And my love is focused on you. And in that moment, I could not have felt fear if I tried. My Father in heaven loves me. What can anyone or anything do to me? Love conquers fear. It's just that simple. My dad tells a story some of you may have heard me tell before about when he was a kid. And his dad had abandoned the family. And they were homeless for a while. And they had to squat in abandoned houses. And at one of those houses, there was a bird's nest with some birds in it. And my dad and his siblings loved those birds because that was the closest thing to a pet that they were ever going to get. Well, one day they saw this huge rattlesnake just kind of slithering toward the birds. And my dad and his siblings started to yell. And so my grandmother, my grandmother, who was a very loving but simultaneously terrifying woman, grabbed an axe, walked over like a lumberjack, and just started hacking at this snake. Because her kids loved those birds, and she loved her kids, and she wanted them to keep one of the few things they had in their life that gave them joy. So she just hacked away at this thing, and bits of snake were flying everywhere, and the mother bird was chirping, and the baby birds were chirping, and my dad and his siblings were chirping. Right? And that snake did not stand a chance against grandma. <laughs> Most things didn't. And my dad said it was strangely comforting. Because in the middle of the chaos that was, that was his life at the time, he knew that he had this Amazon of a woman for a mother. And that she loved him and that her love was strong and that she would do battle with anything that threatened him. So what did he have to fear? The Father's love for you is strong, not weak. Which means you have nothing to fear, not even fear itself. Because the love that drives the universe, the love that blew back the Red Sea, the love that defeated Goliath, the love that healed the leper, the love that made the blind man see and the lame walk, the love that cracked open the grave and conquered death, all of that love is for you. He's got the whole world in his hands, and that includes you. And as long as you are leaning on his everlasting arms, you have nothing to fear. So Jesus, we ask that you would make us brave by the power of your love, and we'll give you the glory. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.